I would like to procure the bag. I want to be a rich bitch. Penthouse store man. Money, 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 rich bitch. Hey, hey, give me that bag. Rich bitch. You're so rich. Pay me. Yeah. Look at you with nails. I can hear you good. Great. I love that for me. Hi. I love that for you too. Oh my God. To say I am tired is the LOL of the day. I can't even imagine. Striking is exhausting and I'm not doing anything. So I can't even imagine you. Like, well, I ended up actually for the first time ever taking a day off because I saw that on your I, IG story this yeah, morning. Yeah, I just got so I I woke up like a brick um had hit me, uh, and I just was like, you know what? I got to do so many things. I can't literally. I need to listen to my body for once instead of just doing a million things all the time. So. Um, and I like never get sick. So it's unfortunate. It's annoying to me, which is also something I have to get over is that being sick is not like an annoying thing. It's just a thing that happens. It's a thing that bodies do. I know, but I used the to bodies? be the same way. I used yeah, to be the same and I'm way. Like, and I got, I got super toxic about it too, because I'd be like, I never get sick. And even if I get sick, I'm going to do it anyway, because I am strong man. Yeah. And I lived yeah. off of like yogurt and antioxidants and it was, in, I was a crazy person. Yeah, and I'm a supplement hoe, and like she's vegan. But so anyway, so wait, Sarah, are you vegan? I know, just so everybody knows. Um, but no, here's what I learned though. I said no, 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 no. I got to choose my battles. So instead of doing that, I just had like eight meetings yesterday, and then today I had uh, a meeting, and then a three-hour acting class, which was everything I needed, we and I got love. to bring it. I got to bring it so hard and it felt so good and it just reinforced all the things I feel about acting and how it really just does it for me in like a really interesting way. I don't know, man, it's just the best. And then I did that. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm here with you, Boo Boo Kitty. And then I have a pre, I have a meeting Boo-boo for the convention Kitty. for the psychiatric, yes, yes, for the yes. psychiatric well, convention. Shout out to Boo Boo Davenport. We love. Oh, Adam Davenport is one of my favorite peeps. He is a fantastic best. teacher and he's, he was originally my publicist. And then uh, he started this acting school. He's Yale drama trained. And he was like, I need to go to my roots and start really teaching and doing all the things. And he is phenomenal. And the international acting studio can't recommend it more. Um, I work with so many people over the world. And today I got to do a lot of level one work, which is like, uh, using stereotypes and using like crazy, interesting archetypes for this character that might not work for the scene, quote unquote, but like come to come to your mind when you are that character. So I basically did a scene from Aaron Brockovich, but I was a bratty little girl. I was a valley chick. I was a uh, I was who was I? I just like had five different archetypes, and I was just running through them and playing it, and it came out so differently each time. But yet it was oh, that's so rude. so fun. It was so rooted in the realness of the scene. And my scene partner was like, I could hear Adam laughing because it was just, I was really getting into it. I had a tantrum where I was throwing shit and it was just really fun. And um, yeah, I just love the work, man. I just love doing it. And um, yeah, it's just a great, it's just a joy to be able to do that. I love that. I'm going to really quick turn my lights off and give myself some ambiance here because I'm just so like. I'm so like not into this blurred screen situation right now. And I also just remember that this is like bad viewage from my vantage point. Cause I was like, there's a good chance I don't have pants on. And as I was rolling back, I was like, pants check. Okay, great. 
<laughs> pants are on. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's what I, the moral of the story is, is like, I have two big bookings tomorrow and the next day where I'm going to have to be up at four or something, maybe five. Ooh. And it's going to be, I know. And it's a big, huge deal. And there's like, I think there's 18 people under me that I have to make sure are doing their thing. And I that's have amazing. a co. Yes, it's going to be incredible, but I need to have that energy. So I had no, to, and I had a problem with this because, you know, I love to be on the front line striking to the gods. But if I feel like my body needs like a minute, I'm going to have to take that minute. And I don't regret yeah. it at all because that's how I was able to bring it at this class. Yeah. You know? I, honestly doing that, I think is the only reason why I'm still standing right now after this past year or so. Like I really had to like tap into the whole, you need to stop. And so like, did I get as much done this year as I would have liked? Absolutely not. Not even close, but like I've had to really do that. And be like, right. you need you need a minute. And if a minute is like a week or a couple days or a couple hours, then like you take it because, ooh, the level of burnout is just, yeah, so real. Yeah, and no. I seem to not get the burnout thing until it's not mental. It's my body's like, bitch, chill. No, for like, me, it, for me, it's why both. does your whole body ache? And I'm yeah, like, oh, it's probably both. because well, like I'm fighting something. Well, fighting something, you know? but also like you're like, and this is how it hits me too, is like the mental part, if I'm running around all the time, doesn't hit me until the physical part hits. And then mm. it hits all at once. Because then mm -hmm. you're running your ass all over creation, you're doing all the other physical things, and then your brain is also going a mile a minute. And so like once your body stops, your brain catches up and it's like, oh shit, we tired, girl. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, we gotta we gotta be nice we to ourselves. I so. there is part of me, I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I there is part of me that misses being that level of busy where I'm just like strutting yeah. around town to like all the different right. places that I need to be. And then there's other parts of me, like my knees and my ankles, that don't miss that at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but, and I and I love the strutting around, but I also love the balance. I've always tried to yeah. stay balanced. Sometimes your body's not gonna give you that what you need because you're gonna no. you're gonna do striking on the front lines and you're gonna have eight meetings in a row then you're gonna have something else and then maybe you didn't sleep great and then maybe um bad news happened like losing my friend and then learning more about that situation and i think all of that kind of culminated in uh there's not there doesn't need to be a reason but my point is is like what i'm gathering from my my body speaking to me is like girl chill for just like you need to, the the physical sensation of feeling like you're underwater is not normal. You need no. to. I usually I'm like, <laughs> which I still am, obviously. Right, but it's right, like right. spurts, right? And that's and that's something well, I'm very not used to. Yes, so. well, and there's also a difference between like sitting at home and doing meetings on Zoom versus like being physically downtown and sprinting yeah. from place to place to place. And like yeah, no, I no I love having days like that sometimes, but I also appreciate the balance of the two. It's you know it's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, but like same, this new moon energy situation that's happening is clicking into gear, man. Like today alone, and you don't know this, I haven't told you this yet. Today alone, from this morning until right now, 6 p.m., I got a second job interview for that dream job I told you about. The not, not the one I was at before, but the one I had yesterday. Mm -hmm. They loved me. They yeah. want to see me in person tomorrow. So hopefully Ooh. by the time our listeners are hearing this, I have a big fancy new job that I'm excited mm -hmm. about. Um, I love these people. The culture just totally makes sense to me and it pays so right. much money and I'm so excited. I love them. I hope it works. Anyway, um, and then yeah. I got a meeting with a public speaking agent this morning. Ooh. 
So I booked that for Monday. And then I had some really, like, this also never happens while I'm in, like, a 9-to-5 situation, especially, like, one that's completely beige and fluorescent all the time. Um, But I had some, like, creative juice hit today, and I started really cranking away at the pitch deck for my book. And I'm loving the way it looks. I know I sent you the screen caps of it, but, like, I'm so pumped with the changes. Um, And I'm really excited to get through the rest of it. It's slow going Good. because I'm really picky and being like, this box should be a half a millimeter over here. That's but that you stuff's need to important. Be, that's how no, that, that stuff's important to me. And I, I, you know, I like the way it looks. Yeah, <laughs> me too. And I'm, and I'm proud that you did that because I think, yeah, when I was re-looking over the original, the first, first rough draft, um, like that was what was missing. It was like, we needed, there were just certain things I knew that needed to be done. And I'm glad, like, I didn't want to get super specific, but I wanted to just see what you would do with like some notes and you really already have. So I love it's notes. Fantastic. That's the thing. I love notes. I love creating, but I love getting notes because Me it just makes you too. better. I never show up anywhere thinking I'm the best person in the room. I know exactly what I'm doing and there's nothing to learn. <laughs> and if I am, uh-oh. Uh-oh, get out. Right. Like then it's time to yeah. move on. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. It's always, it's always like, I'm here for a reason, and maybe I don't understand what that reason is, but I'm producing something or creating something or whatever you want to call it. And if someone wants to tell me something to do something differently or better or more efficiently, please, please, mm-hmm. because it makes everyone's life easier. Yeah. And especially when it's coming from someone either you trust or like whatever. Or who's an expert in the field. Sure. You know what I mean, though? <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, where the, you know, where it's coming from too, because there is no, that. There's that whole dichotomy of like, there's people that want you to do the best and then they actually really genuinely care and they have stake in it or they just care because they're friends and like, they do know what they're talking about. And then there's people that will be very highly critical, but like literally don't have a reason other than that they feel, you know, that's something that, yeah, that's something that I feel like um, is so obvious when you, when you experience it, you're like, well, why did that make me feel sad when that person said, like, why did that make me feel weird? You can totally tell the difference if you're not an insecure person. Like some people, anything you say is critical and they're upset, but if you're balanced and you believe in what you're doing, um, the people that care about you will provide some good shit for you to work on, or even just to ingest and be like, cool. But like, I yeah. feel like there is a difference that there are people to no, like, say shit to only say some shit. Right. And and I think at this point in the game, in my agedness, uh, yeah. that uh, <laughs> I think I have a pretty good idea of what and who those people are. Also, funny, we were talking about the pilot here. I thought I had lost this. I just found my original notes from when we met for brunch that one time at the Smith on the East Side. Yeah. Uh, that was like, oh, my God, I just fixed my pilot. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I, just, I do. They're literally just sitting right here under a pile of post-its and I just found them. Dude, I love things on a pile of post-its. I just love a pile of post-its. I love post-its. post-its. Give me give me post-its all day long. Yeah, no, and I, I think I agree with you that I agree with you though. It's like the more experienced you are, whether it's age, just experience, whatever it is, you can and you know and the more you know who you are, yeah. um, it's very obvious when somebody's uh giving you shit just to give you <laughs> just because they feel in a certain way about themselves. Uh, there's there's definitely that. And I think that's something important too about being a rich bitch is that as you as you are succeeding or as you're getting things done, there will be people that will be not helpful and will drag you oh my God, Of course there are. And I, I always think about this in terms of like friendship too. I've, I've always been so fascinated with the idea of like successful successful people and friendships. Like I feel like 
you know, we've talked about this before. I know exactly who my friends are, you know, whatever. You know, we go through it. We don't go through it. Things are fine. Things are not so fine. But then we always come back around. It's it's all good. But like when you hit a certain level of success, and that can be monetary, mm-hmm. that could be fame, that could be stature or status of any kind. Sure. What happens to that? You know, like, do those people stick around? They're still like, oh, you're rich and famous now, but you're a douche and I don't care and I love you anyway. And we're going to be, we're going to hang out. Or do they like get like the worm brain where they're like, oh my God, my friend. I think it depends on the person and the people themselves. It's a two way thing. It's like Adam Sandler has been the same fucking dude his whole life. Yeah. He doesn't. That's why everyone around him is still his friend. He still gives them shit to do. He doesn't look at it as like, look at me lifting you up. It's more like, I just want to be with my friends yeah. and they're cool. And I, I like certain people, you know, yeah. and I feel like there's other people like that that just consistently work with like people they love and care about regardless of where they are. And then those people in return are like the same. They're just like, that's my friend, Adam, whatever. Yeah. Well, and we like, do this well. And on the flip side of that too, like when you get to the, like, I think I'm, I'm going to put this in the context of like Taylor Swift. Right, because I feel like sure. she's she and Beyonce are kind of like the go-to most famous people in the world ever right now, and really? for and will be and have been. But like, when you get to that point, how do you make new friends? Like, mm-hmm. I would be yeah. so in my head about questioning people's intentions. Are you here for the right, right reasons? Am I safe? Are you going to take money from me? Are you just like fame climbing? Like what? Is it? And I I just right. I remember thinking when I was. <laughs> when I was a preteen and I got it in my head that I was going to be Hanson by the time I was 14, which obviously that didn't happen. Um, I was just thinking like, well, I, I should figure out who my friends are now because, you know, once I'm famous, it's going to be so hard to make friends. Cause like, you know, everyone's just going to want to be around me. You know, Very this, wise. Is, this is me at like 11 years old. <laughs> like, well, I should yeah. figure out who my friends are. Cause when I get super famous in two years, I'm going to need <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's a really that's a valid concern i think a lot of them have that i think a lot of them have uh issues finding real friendships i think a lot of their friendships are ones from before they were famous i think the ones that have been famous their whole lives there's really isn't a lot of support for them because everybody wants something from you it's like the michael jackson syndrome he never felt like he had real friends he i mean aside from all the craziness but he never did because he was literally a child who was so famous that even his fucked he up family just wasn't enough. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. He it's, always um, just wanted friends. He just wanted friends, but he couldn't get them. And and to his that level, like where he's at, and like I'm sure other levels too, it just has to be so lonely. Like you oh, know, it's how do you how do you hit that level of and and that's the other thing too, like don't shit on the people, people on the way up, because you're gonna have to step in your own shit on the way back down. Um, is like like that's that's kind of why i don't i don't understand the whole like we've talked about this before too but like the whole um you know making it on your own you're an island i'm gonna do this by myself and because i don't believe in that and i don't think it's true and i don't think it works but for those who might feel that way or who are just using people all the way up once they get there and they like cut off all those people and think they're gonna have like a whole new world of like a destiny place that's only mine yeah right then like Seriously. you're you're literally alone and all you have are yeah. your fans and god forbid you piss them off because like then yeah then, then, you, there's, then there's nothing you got nothing so well, nobody knows you for who you are i mean nobody really knows hopefully is very indicative of who you are 
Um, but that doesn't mean that's what's going on. That doesn't yeah. mean that people really know you. And it doesn't mean that you're having real interactions with human beings because we weren't meant to be on an island. We weren't meant to be by ourselves anywhere. Um, we're all supposed to be a collective of people and interact. And art it is like art is collaboration for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's severely isolating. I would, I would hate that. When I think of like, like, cause obviously I'm working in FinTech right now. Um, I think of those, yeah. those guys that like you see in like Wolf of Wall Street or like the original Wall Street movie or like any, any of those other scenarios where they're just like grinding and climbing and fucking people to get to the top. And then they get yeah. there and they have the big house and the big mansion and the big apartment and you know, the girls and the booze and the money and the Lambo and all the other shit. And then it's just like, but your life is so hollow. Like you don't have anything in there. And it's always Nothing. the movie. It's always the movie about the dude who did that, who fucked everyone on his way up. And now he's so sad. And he meets this one girl who's just going to change everything. And he sees yeah. the light and it's just like, okay, well, that's not a real story, but like, yeah, that's not hmm. real. Yeah. I like, I just think about that. Unless he like has about his head that out of his ass. Right. But like, I just like, I think I think about that on a disproportionate level, especially because I'm around it a lot, not just like in fintech land right now, but like, yeah. you know, with actor friends, like if like I see yeah. people and I'm like, if you got super famous, I know that you would be a dick. And mm. like, it would just be whether or not I wanted to keep that friendship around that I would say something to be like, hey, mm -hmm. listen, <laughs> you right. used to not be like this. Can you continue not being like this? <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, that means something though. Even at this level, if you already feel that vibe, that's a warning sign, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I understand that, um, money success can really change people. Mm -hmm. Um, but also you could be like Meryl Streep and be the nicest fucking person and be the most decorated actor right now for years and still be a nice human being. Um, there's even a story in, in my acting class today. I won't say who, and I won't say where it came up, but somebody in class had written to Meryl Streep and she literally wrote back and said, I'd love to keep up with your career. And she literally reads all their MailChimp emails. She actually reads them. That's amazing. And yeah. And because the, but the email, the the letter was handwritten and it wasn't insane. And it wasn't like, it was like really touched her. It was something about a different role that this person really felt she hasn't played yet, mm -hmm. but can do anything. And they'd love to see this and that they were, you know, a film student and they, and I know it's a stupid long shot, but I just admire you so amazingly, but you know, I just wanted you to know that I think you would kill this role, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, wrote a letter back, literally like, please keep me up to date. Here's my personal email. I mean, Yikes. she's an, oh my God. She's a nice human. What would I do with yeah. Meryl Streep's personal email? Oh my I God. know. Well, luckily none of us have it, but this none of us have. Well, cause I would just be like once a week, like, hi, Meryl, do you want to go to lunch? Yeah. Gonna get a coffee, baby girl. Can I talk to you about but that's what I mean? It's just you know, it's uh, it's just, it's just uh, there's really nice people. No, I'm not saying every every famous person should be. Here's my real email. No, but I'm oh just my saying, god, no. There's still a humanity to her that's like obvious. Whereas like, you know, you look at her, you look at Tom Hanks, you look at these people that people have worked with consistently that have nothing but good things to say. And then you look at other actors, which I won't go down the list that I have met in person that I know are nightmares. And um, yeah, they suck. And you're like, man, I, we knew this. I don't think I've ever had a bad interaction with a famous actor that I can think of. 
I think if I did have yeah. one, I would be able to think about it because I've I've worked in so many spaces that I've met so many famous people. Yeah. That I've I don't think that if I think that if I would have had a bad experience with one of them, I would not, I would remember it because all of them are good. I've had maybe two um, that I can think of, and I won't say their names, but um, they are really two awful people and i and i knew that i actually had an idea that that was going to be the way um but working closely with them was sucked um and i had heard stories before that they were a bit of a nightmare i just didn't know it was to that level so that's two people um but overall to be honest like you said the amount of people that we've worked with or i've worked with or i continue to work with whether it's on the board or whether it's in the on set or whether it's in a committee or whether it's uh you know, just somehow we met at a mixer. We just kept in touch. Um, there's some really incredible people out there that are well-renowned and and uh, don't yeah. have their heads completely up their asses. But I think those are the people, almost every single one of them, where I see them having their family still involved with them. I see them have friends from before, or I see them be very grounded and and very and be very reflective on who they are and that they want to um, always be better not just as an actor, but as a human being, you know? So, and I I also want to clarify that I'm talking about like people who have been famous for a really long time who are not like TikTok influencers. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like certainly I have friends who are TikTok influencers. One might deign to call me a TikTok influencer in some regard, micro micro as it may be. I've gotten brand deals. So there, Um, There. (laughs) so there, Um, but I mean like, I'm trying to think if like, well, you know what? I can tell you this story because they're dead. Um, when I worked, I worked at this one place and Ruth Bader Ginsburg stopped in and obviously like we knew she was coming because her security detail had to sweep the entire place. And I was gagged. I was like, Oh my God, RBG is going to be here any minute. Like secret services walking around. Like we had to do pat downs. They searched all the rooms. They did all the things she was in. Like it was a whole, whole shebang. And then she got there and she's like two foot one. She's so tiny. And she comes up to the front desk and I, one of my best friend's moms knows her. Um, And so I said, you know, oh, this person says hello. And she grabbed my hand and she shook it and she was like, please tell her I say hello too. And I was like, sure, no problem. Wow. And, um, <clears throat> and then immediately still holding onto my hand. Oh my God. I have so many, now that I'm talking about this, I have so many stories like this. Um, not just with her, but she's still holding on to my hand and she goes, is my Chardonnay in my room? <laughs> Which was like a thing that she she wanted. Like she wanted to have her Chardonnay in her room when she came in. Um, and so, I mean, yes, yes, of course same. it was. And then she asked me my name and I told her and she was like, I'm going to remember that. She That's was so awesome. lovely. Yeah. And like, she's like not an actor or anything, but she's been very public for a very, very long time. And yeah. owes, owes no one. She's nothing. had to take a lot of shit. Take a lot yeah. of shit. Take a lot of shit. So, and there's so much room for... I feel like we could do an entire episode about talking about great celebrity stories, <laughs> like people that we've met who are yeah. just incredible. Because another one that I can talk about too, because they're dead, is Tony Bennett. Same place. Same mm-hmm. place I worked at. He came in. It was like my first week working there. And I was completely terrified because I saw him on the schedule. And I was like, is this like actual, like real, like the... And we had all of his artwork set up in one of the rooms. He was doing an art showing um, at like 80 whatever years old he was. I don't remember. Um, Maybe like 89. I don't remember. But he came up. 
same thing. Took my hand, shook it, looked me straight in the face and asked me what my name was and said, thank you. And we led him over into the room that his artwork was in. He sat down a little chair with his wife and like, you know, they were lovely, lovely. And I actually, now that I think about it, both of those people are around the same age and there was a thing with grabbing hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it is like, now it's like, don't touch me. But Lucy Simon did the same thing. She took, Lucy Simon took my hand and looked me in the face while I was talking to her. And I was like, now that I'm thinking about this, this is such a strange pattern. Because that's, yeah, that's the opposite of what I would do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Where's it's the like, Purell? Yeah. <laughs> this was pure co- pre-COVID, of course. But like, you Right, know, I guess, yeah. Post-COVID, like, now that yeah, I'm, it's like no one's really, but no like, one's really even, grabbing hands. But even back then, I wouldn't have done that. You know, like. Yeah. But it's and now that I'm running the list in my head, they're all very handsy in that in that way, like handhold, <laughs> like not handsy in the in that best way, way possible. The best way, because yeah. even like Yo Yo Ma, same thing, like shook mm. my hand, and I thought he was gonna break it. He has such a strong handshake. Of course, yeah, right, he's right. But my immediate thought hands, was like, bro. right. But my immediate that was like panic. Don't squeeze back. Don't squeeze back. Those hands are insured. Yeah, these are these are million dollar <laughs> hands. These are multi hands. multi million dollar hands. Like don't touch, don't touch. Yeah, it took million me dollar aback. hands. It took me aback so hard when he reached extended his hand because I was like, okay, I'm gonna shake your hand, but it's gonna be super like dainty and delicate because this is your job. And it was like he was trying mm-hmm. to rip my hand off of the socket. It was crazy. I still laugh about that to this day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of stories, but I don't know if I want to, they're not bad or anything, they're just personal, but I will say that um, for a fact, Robin Williams is a joy to be around. I'm so sorry we lost him. He was nothing but light. He was nothing but a kind person. He was nothing but a, uh, you know, me, I've had an experience where I was in his vicinity, but I, and someone very close to me worked on a commercial he was on and it was incredible. He went to every single PA and every single person. And that's like 90 something people. And was like, what's your name? Thank you so much for your hard work. What's your name? Thank you so much for your hard work. And um, that's what I mean. There's people like that. You know, there's people like that. Yeah. And then there's people like other people that <laughs> scream at everyone all the time on just- set. I'm not like there's only one person I can think of who came to a place that I was working at, which was a very private space. Like people paid yearly annual things to be there. Like a club, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked at a couple of them, but like this person came and got shit faced, hammered, and had to be hauled out into an like an an ambulance and have their stomach pumped in the middle of the street. And it was just like, so it wasn't like a bad experience. It was just a bad situation. Like I'm sure I yeah. I had met them before at another at a different place that I had worked, and they were perfectly fine. Like nothing to. Well, I will say I will say this, and I say this as a warning to women everywhere: never work with Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh oh, he's awful. He Ruh-roh. has he has sexually harassed individually. I would say more people than I, women i know than i could even oh no so, yeah he's awful is this like a known so, thing or are you breaking news i think this is a known thing i don't want to make it about uh that <laughs> uh they've handled it privately um he's he's really bad 
Oh wow, no, really he was in, he was in he was in court for this for a. a... Okay, good. Okay, I'm not trying to be like da 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 da. da. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Seeds. I'm not here for that because I'm also like not here for that attention. I don't want to be. If I'm going to have attention, it's for something good happening that I'm trying to make happen, not uh, give someone more whatever about their bullshit. Yeah. Um, but just a warning. Uh, he is really gross and he says disgusting things that you could you couldn't even fathom someone could say to you um if 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 you could record it and played it back you'd be like jesus christ that's so foul um you know coercing people to touch him and him exposing himself he's just a really awful person yeah wow um Um, he also so he was in court over the summer this summer this was like recent oh wow okay like we're yep, talking yep, yep. early June, he was in court and he ended up settling out of court. Yep. To avoid trial. I had some I had a I had a couple people reach out to me personally about it because there were some things happening and uh Eek. I was like, I am appalled. <laughs> this is so disturbing. Eek. Um and yeah, so he's one of those those awful people. Like he's one of those people That's that too bad. luckily I haven't yeah, I haven't had a um, you know, uh one-to-one experience with him i have seen him in 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 person but i haven't gotten up to him uh and i'm glad i hadn't (laughs) so um yeah that's messy um but i think overall yeah usually people are very it seems covert about it um oh i wanted to go back real quick so something i didn't understand when we were talking about the ashton kutcher melia kunis letter of it all yes okay Please, I'm I'm understanding something differently that I don't think I understood, and I want to just clarify when sure. I when we had that episode. Celebrity news. Um, celebrities behaving badly. Um, so they wrote that letter not before he was found guilty. They wrote that letter after he was found guilty. Just FYI. Oh wow. Yeah, so that's something we didn't say. That's something that's extremely true. I didn't they know that. wrote they wrote that's why they're getting so much heat. So like my point is is that I feel like there was more to it. And I just was like, okay. But I didn't understand that he had already been he already he already been told, found guilty. It was just the charge, the the sentencing hadn't oh, been done yet. That makes sense. So they okay. wrote that knowing he had been proven to I have see. done these things. So they were asked and to do. So they were asked to write the letter as a character assessment for the judge to go easy on him to be go unquote, lighter his, on right, what on his sentence. Okay, that makes sense. I thought okay. this was just like and thrown into a file of evidence. For not the whole at all. Thing. So that makes okay. it even more. Um, like I understand now more why people are so angry because they already know he he did he did do it. It's just yeah. that their version of like, but he was nice to us. Now his ex girlfriend wrote that thing that said, "I saw that Ashton, you I know are not a good summer. person either." Yeah, I know what you did last summer. I I remember the phone call and you were on speaker. I heard in 2001 uh and about your your big brother figure and what he told you to do. Uh you're you're Aaron Deep Honey Boo. So to be to put the more context into that is Ashton Kutcher was dating someone who was murdered by a serial killer in 2001. Ashton's fingerprints were on the doorknob of the girl that was murdered. Right. We knew that. He he says that he put his hands on the doorknob. 
This is also this is like his girlfriend. This isn't like a girl he just was like, let's go on a date. Right. She didn't answer him, his phone call. She didn't appear. And when he was on her door, knocking on her door, and the lights are on and all this stuff. And he says he put his hand on the doorknob and looked in and saw wine stains everywhere. Okay. Then he left and did not do anything until he was, I think, contacted by police or he contacted, but it was a time later. That'll happen in 2001 in, Feb- in January, February, which she's talking about. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, now I'm not saying this is what happened, but there's a lot of um, thoughts that he knew that the girl had been murdered, but he was scared because his fingerprints were on the door uh, that he didn't say anything, which is horrific and inhuman. He did testify in court that he did see in the window that there were wine stains, but that's all he said that he saw. I did see somewhere that about that where like if you looked at the way that the house was set up and where her body was that you, mm-hmm. there was no way to see where her body was from the right. street and you would have to be inside. Right. All of that yeah. just sounds so weird. I'm like, I don't right. know. Right. So that sounds weird and then the way his ex-girlfriend uh you know the one of the victims uh who I guess didn't get uh what she was going for or the other two did. Uh, this was an ex-girlfriend that was with uh, the monster for about five years. Um, she said she was privy to a lot of poor behavior. She said she was privy to that phone call. And she goes, and I know what he told you to do. And I know what you did. So that's inferring that he didn't do all the right things in terms of the murder of his current girlfriend at that time. Of course, there's of course there's crazy. You can go further with that and say, did he? And I don't know. Uh, I don't believe that. But I do believe there is some dirt here. And it goes with what you were saying about there being some sort of blackmail or some sort of thing for them to write this letter. Uh, yeah, I for mean, well, it's, just, it's also, they just said did it. It's also <laughs> like, a Scientology thing. I found out that you like you're not allowed yes. to testify against another Scientologist, which I didn't actually know he was one. So bully, bully to that. <laughs> yeah. Great. There's so yeah. Like, so do you follow? It just gets worse um, and worse. Do you follow? There's a woman on TikTok who I love and adore. Her name is Kyle Marissa Roth, I believe. Okay. Um, she's very tan right now. I'm like, honey, is that bronzer or have you like been sleeping in a tanning bed? But I adore her TikTok account. Sometimes I will put it on at night and I will just like let it play. <laughs> Because right, I love right. it. Love that. But she does that whole like, you want more? I'll give you more. And then she oh, reads, fun. she reads like blind items um right. on different celebrities. And she did like a 20-something part series on Ashton Kutcher. Highly recommend listening to it. 10 out of 10. Okay. It is eye-opening. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, is like I have no skin in the game with this. I didn't, I don't know anything. It just all seems so odd for someone that's that high profile to openly write a letter uh, to help someone's character that obviously has already been proven guilty. It's just about sentencing. Obviously they didn't think it was going to get out maybe, but like my thing is like to do that is such like a, I'm scared move. Don't, don't flip on me, bro. While you're in prison. I don't know. It just feels a little off, you know? And, and like you said, Mila Kunis's face is like, yeah, well, I think I think with that too, um, w- w- I I wasn't aware of the Scientology component, so like I can totally I'm here for a conspiracy theory all day every day. But I think that if that is really the the indoctrination or the doc the dogma is what I'm trying to say 
of yeah. uh, Scientology where you're not allowed to testify against someone, then like, of course they wrote the letter because that's what they're going to yeah. do. So actually, um, Kutcher's a confirmed Scientologist. I didn't know that. I don't know. That was brought up in conversation that that might be why, oh. um, uh, why they would have done that because Danny Masterson, I think, definitely was. He's huge in the church. Yeah. He right. Was, so yeah. like, it would make sense that his two besties are. Yep. Yep. And I think um, there's an eight. There's a podcast that I love called H3 Podcast. Um, Ethan Klein is the one on there, and they did a PowerPoint about this whole thing and Ashton Kutcher. And back when he did Punked, one of the weirdest uh, things he's he's got like a weird history of like cringe behavior. Um, yeah, Punked like, was cringe. Um, Punch was Punk was all cringe, but there is a clip of him saying on Rosie O'Donnell's show um, that uh, Mila Kunis, his now wife, was like, I was only 14 and you tried oh, yeah. to tongue kiss me. I saw that. And, and it was like, like Danny Masterson like paid him a dollar to do it. Yes. And he shit. goes and she goes, Danny Masterson paid you to tongue kiss me. And she and and like, but you didn't do it. You didn't do it. And Rosie's like, you didn't do it, Ashton. You didn't do it because like it's obviously like a crime. And Ashley's like, I totally did it. I did it. I totally did it. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> and that's weird. And then, like, on Punked, he said, um, the one thing about Hillary Duff is, you know, she's a she's an artist. She's a whatever. And the other thing is, all the dudes are waiting for her to just turn 18. And she was 16. Yeah. Well, but that, I'm not, I'm not excusing this behavior at all. But I remember being in middle school and high school and watching other guys in my class the Olsen twins but also this was like an ongoing thing this was like this was like a cultural thing that people did in the early aughts where they would count down the days until someone was legal which is just like why like that's first of all gross and predatory and second of all like don't you have people your own age or like other interests that you want to pay attention to why is the countdown clock until the Olsen twins 18 of interest I don't understand Especially a lot of y'all men are in like tw- in your 20s too, a lot of them too. You well, know, and and it's like the ones that were publicly speaking and middle yeah. schoolers and high schoolers and whatever. And as, but. and as we're seeing, clock don't matter because these these people go for it anyway. You know, Danny yep. Masterson and the like. So it yeah. just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. But as we were talking about this, I did actually think of another celebrity that I met who was terrible. And I think this might be the only one. Really? <laughs> and yeah. I will, I, I, Yes, I will give this one a pass because there was a very long period of time where their career went completely away. And so I'm sure there was there were feelings boiling inside about all of that. And it had just been a very long time since this person had been really visible anywhere. Uh, Mm. And they came into the place I worked with a 10-year-old gift card that no longer worked in the system we were using. And now keep in mind, I'm like 20, 20, 21 years old. And I barely know who this person is. Like, that's how long they had been out of the the zeitgeist. Like, I knew who they were from the 90s, but then, like, here we are in the early mid-aughts. And I'm like, oh, right, it's you. You're a person. And came in, just started screaming at everyone because our system didn't take the card. Like, no, it doesn't. It's an old, this is a decade old system. Things have changed. We've updated. Like, this isn't valid. We don't know how much is on here. The, oh, like, boy. You, you had her, and like this, they went batshit crazy. I think I know who this is. Do you want to take a guess? Andy Dick. Nope. Okay. Sorry. Never mind then. 
I won't Rip. guess anymore because I know that. <laughs> I, uh, well, I don't I mean, want to. I don't want to. Listen, this person has made a beautiful recovery and is now like on all over the place all the time. And I am very okay. Cool. I'm happy for them and hope that they are not like this anymore because they have done made a lot of difference. So in, then off, 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 the off site. We'll talk about that. No, I'll talk about it right now. It was RuPaul. Oh shit. That big ass praying man just came in here and started screaming at people. Oh my god, mother. I know. And I have no issue so with rich them now, but it's successful now. Oh my now, god. We're talking like yeah. 2006, 7 ish. Um, yeah. not so much. So I mean, that's why I'm giving giving her a pass because I oh, well, Andy Dick is a hot mess and everyone knows it. Everyone knows <laughs> so it. So everyone knows that that's like a funny meme like andy no. dick loves being a hot mess like if me saying this is like it's okay of, it's part of his brand everybody has an andy dick story like everyone has one like every I single person i, I know i don't think i do which well, is if you weird, don't go to la like or you don't was, go to la a lot then that's fair it's just also from like yeah. working in nightlife spaces and hot and like kind of bougie luxury places for a really long time when i first moved here that like that's why i have all of these stories and again most of them are yeah are great and maybe one day i'll write a book of like little vignettes about different celebrities <laughs> and some chapters will just be like one time i saw renee zellweger in a starbucks on west 58th street and i didn't know it was her until the person i was with was like is that renee zellweger and i was like yeah. oh yeah it is there you go the end <laughs> yeah no I, I think i've had nothing but good experiences except for a few handful and they really stick out just because it's like it's so you jarring. don't have to be like that. Yeah. You just don't have to be like that. And yeah, everyone has bad days. That's totally different. But to like, you know, but to shit out on set or like to belittle, uh, you know, I, I was on set once. Um, and as I was leaving, I heard a, a, an actor, a famous actor go, get the fuck out of my way, extras. You're fucking nothing. You're da da da. Wow. And just like went in on some girl i don't know i was already done my like line or two or whatever i was doing and i was already back at my spot leaving and i just remember hearing that and just being like yeah that's yikes. i'm just not i'm just not so into that no i think that's horrible and i think people have to understand and also this person was very newly famous and i was like you ain't shit shut the fuck up like <laughs> that's what happens though right it's like yeah. You get one, you know, you get a couple things and now you're like, oh, well, you know, and, uh, you know, some of them are that. And then some of them get over themselves from what I've heard. This person is less of a dick now, but. Yeah. I love that this has kind of turned into like, let's talk about celebrities. Yeah. I think. <laughs> who's I think a bitch and who's a bigger bitch. <laughs> wellness, surrounding yourself by good people. Well, it goes back into what we're saying is like, there's a lot of people I think that are in our industry, but that they think all of us are famous, which we're not at all. Um, well, we I don't know about you, but I definitely there. am. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, same. Um, but I think that, you know, whatever level everyone's at, um, I think my our whole point of this is just to say, like, there's people that are here in terms of status, here in terms of status, but we're all the same, really. And what separates the people that have their shit together and are kind and, and genuine to others, a lot of that time just represents who they are inside, but also who they're surrounded by. And we talk about this all the time on this podcast is that to be a rich bitch and not only just wealth, but in your like soul in your, in your abundance and your ability to create, you need to have that energy of like, I'm, I'm part of this and I care about what my work is. And I'm a, I'm a human speaking to other humans. 
Um, it's just the ones you hear about that really have lost their shit or whatever. It's always the ones that didn't have anyone around them. Like you were saying how isolating that can be, or whether it's a substance abuse problem or a mental illness problem, all of these things, a lot of the times it makes you wonder like, why didn't anyone step in and do anything? And a lot of that times is because they were isolated because of their status and no one, you know, they can't trust anybody. Yeah, well, yeah. and I and not in you know not to sound like my grandmother or anything, but it's easier to catch flies with honey Please than vinegar. That's true. Flies so, do go to honey. They do. Yeah. They also go to shit, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've always the next time my grandmother says that to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna have that's gonna be my retort. Grandma, they also eat shit. That. So <laughs> we need to have your grandmother on the pod. <laughs> oh, she wouldn't even know how to work work the anything to get on here. I know. And oh, she'd yeah. just spend the whole time talking about my weight and she'd ask you about yours because that's just really? what she does. I like, yeah, no one is ever thin enough for her. Even when I was like in really? the throes. Huh? I know, I know, I know. Like, look at this clavicle. Oh, I look at this clav. I have to work really hard for that to come out. Um, even when I was in like the throes of chemo, she was like, Ma, you're putting on some weight there. I'm like, nah, I'm dying. <laughs> what is she like a twig? No. Oh, okay. I know. It's just been my whole childhood. She it's better always... be skinny. That's all I'm saying. Okay. No, she ain't. But that's, Shit. it's whatever. It's always been like, oh my God, you're putting weight on it. I made some lasagna. Who wants some? It's like, okay. Well. See, that's not helpful. How are you supposed it's to not help when people be making lasagnas all the time? I know. Well, and even when I'm not going to not eat that lasagna. I know. And Damn. it's, fu- it's fucked me up and it's fine. But like, you know, it, it, it certainly wasn't just her. <laughs> If she was not, not she was not the only uh, purveyor of my body dysmorphia. But yeah. like, I look back at sure. photos where I'm like, I th- I knew for a fact that I was a, f- a fat little bitch there. And I'm like, no, you looked great. You looked wonderful. And yeah, you, you made all of that up. <laughs> yeah, like even in high school when I thought I was like this obese, like booby breasted, gross piece of shit. I literally, I think, weigh 100 pounds more now than I did then. Like imagine, like you, you know what I look like in person. Like imagine me without a hundred pounds. Like how was I sure. not dead? Yeah, how that's was I what not I'm dead? Trying to understand. Like where, where, where? See, my mom's the opposite. She's like, you've never looked better. You're thinner than you. You know, it's like she's like, you need to eat. Oh, you're so thin. You know, it's just like the opposite. Like, I but wish. I'm not. Like, right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I say this, I, I say this be, in kind of in jest because in doing this pitch deck, I'm going through all my old cancer photos to like add some of them to the pitch deck of like Smart. within, within like, hey, look, this is me completely almost dead. <laughs> Here's a photo. Yeah. Give, give me mm-hmm. money. Um, mm-hmm. But looking through them is really hard because I, You're this the, is. In the arms of the <laughs> I'm having my Sarah McLaughlin moment. So terrible. Moment, yeah. yeah. Sorry, but, I know, uh, it's no, 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 it's fine. But like, I, I was gonna make a joke of it anyway because I literally posted up today about how difficult it is to kind of look through those photos. And my friend Dan texted me. He's like, I was gonna comment on your post, but I don't think everyone has our sense of humor. But he was like, but you never looked better. <laughs> and we joke about this too because they're and oh, like Dan and I love Dan and we've known each other since we were little baby teenagers. But and like that's fine coming from him. But there were people, one person in particular who's a quote-unquote acting coach here in the city, who um, I thought was a friend. And when I told him that I was cancer-free, he was like, oh, well, how are you going to get men to sleep with you now? And it was just like this whole narrative of like, you only looked good when you were half dead. 
I had people tell me like, oh my God, cancer suits you. You look wonderful. Oh my God, you look beautiful. You've never looked better. And like mean it. Are like Dan can say fucking out of their minds. Yes, they are. But that's this is this is kind of where I've kind I've come to terms with the way that I look for the most part, as far as like weight and body goes. Like, yeah, I'm still gonna take care of myself. And like I wish I had time to work out more. And maybe that's just me making excuses, but I'm finding really hard <laughs> finding it really hard to do this. Um, but like the I say this, I've probably said it on this on this podcast before, if not certainly others. But I have never received more compliments on the way I looked or my body than I did right after I was done with treatment. So, like, stem cell transplant 100 days after that, from that point on, when my hair started to grow back, people would be like, you look incredible. And I'd be like, I almost died. (laughs) You're like, I'm literally fought for my life. But, but like, you know, and that's fucked up. But at the same time, I had... um. I had a parasite that I was in the hospital for during that period of time because I decided to go swim in the ocean with no immune system, which was really smart. I remember this, yeah. And I lost like 12 or 15 pounds in like four or five days. And I was like, well, I'm going to leave here looking great. Super skinty. And and sometimes I joke, like, wouldn't it be be great to like get my chemo body back? (laughs) Let's not. (laughs) Let's not. Let's no, or like, or like, can yeah, I just I mean, go into like you even can't look at that and say, like, well, you probably had a glow about you because life was coming back into your body, right? You because know? I you no longer that. looked gray and dead, <laughs> yeah. Like, you, your life was coming back, so like, yeah, if the anything, juices I were flowing that's again. the only thing I could see, like, like someone being like, you look amazing because you survived and it's your colors coming back and you're like a person again. I could see that. Maybe I think it was also, but it, it, I, yes, I, I see where you're going with this, but the other part of this, I'm trying, I'm trying. No, no, no. But the other part of this that we're, and we don't have to dwell on this, but the other part of this that we're leaving out is that, um, I didn't tell anyone I had cancer. And so it was just like my closest friends and family. And so when I finally posted that I had it, um, and then I started showing up in places in public, that's when people were like, oh my God, you never like better. And like, they maybe didn't even know at this point. And it was like, cool, 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 cool. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm just going to go back to Sloan so and get a get a maintenance chemo to lose a few LBs. Slim cat. <laughs> Who needs slim fast when S- you can have methotrexate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get me. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, I'm sorry that, you know, that was people's response. It just, it just shows the, the guttedness of our uh, collective mentality sometimes. Yeah, like I remember one time, I think I had mono in, in college and I was fine. I was still on the dance team. I was still dancing. I was doing the thing. It wasn't until I felt my spleen and my body be moving as I was dancing. I was like, Maybe I should stop because I have mono. Right. And so the doctor was like, we're going to get you on prednisone just for a week. Just so your tonsils like here. And I never had any, anything after that. Um, got prednisone. So I healed pretty quick. Ooh. Some people are. Yeah. So I took prednisone and my girlfriend at the time, and honestly, one of my girlfriends and she, She's honestly one of the most awful people I think I've ever like, and you know, like how in college or high school age you meet these like, oh my god, and like best friends, like after, but then you look back and you're like, that was just a person that I sort of knew that was like probably just a toxic, like brain dead person. So anyway, yeah. she was like her and her mother as they're picking me up, like the doctors just to get it. They're like, okay, but just remember, like you will get fat from taking prednisone i was like also my spleen won't rupture and my tonsils will go down and how am i gonna get, get fat to and for 
How am I going to get fat in four days, you stupid bitches? And guess what? I didn't gain a goddamn pound. No, so. no. But I mean, prednisone notoriously makes you bloat. It makes your face sure. like it, and, I, I was taking... on it. I was on it for chemo, and there's some photos of me where I look like the the Michelin Man. Like it's bad. Were you on it for a long time? Yeah. Okay, I was on it for like four days. I was like, bitches, calm down. Like, yeah, don't give was, me a complex. About... I was on it for like months. Okay, yeah. Well, great. Anything you take for like months is going to affect you. Right. You know? <laughs> but like, they're literally asking me like over the weekend, like, you shouldn't drink any, you shouldn't barely eat. I mean, this is coming from a mom. I'm like, right. dude, this is why, and, like, a, like a real housewives mom. Oh, God. Like a real housewives kind of mom. And I remember I'm being a regular like, mom. these are I'm not cool my people. Mom. Yeah, these are not my people. No. I don't like moms like this. I don't enjoy this. I, ew, I hate I don't it. Think I knew but anyway, it's like that growing up. Um, unfortunately, I did because when you're in the burbs and then you go to like the rich suburbs outside of DC for college because you can't afford New York, um, there's a lot of moms or like stage moms. I had a lot of stage moms who hated me, hated me to the point where um, there were there were stage moms in high school. Uh, at school at Spark, that's School of the Performing Arts and the Richmond Community. That's right. I'm telling all of you, everybody who you are. Um, there were moms drag that literally em. would drag because I was literally a child and they were making like terrible comments about me <clears throat> to other moms who thought I was cool. But they were like, because I'm a kid. They were like, oh my God, see this one of Sarah? That's the most clothes we've ever seen her wear. Like I was a big whore or something. And I wasn't. That was so funny. But they just thought because of my appearance. Oh, yeah. I was just like, I was just like, this is what I do, you know, and uh, they just, oh, and they literally hated these mothers were like mad at me for being me. And I don't know what it was about. I think it was jealousy. I hate to say it because you're grown ass bitches and you shouldn't be jealous of a, a 15, 16 year old. But um, I had a lot of that. I had a lot of moms hate me. Yeah. So you just never it's, know. But also this were none of my people. No, so. but it's, I, and I'm going to, I kind of want to tie this in a pretty little bow by saying like, you know, it is always the people who will say shit who have who have like visceral reactions to you just existing that have yeah. the most issue with themselves. I've had people tell me that they wish I would have died of cancer. Like that has happened on more than one occasion. And it's because like I'm doing shit over here that they couldn't they could never, you know, right. and like some, one of these people was someone I worked with who just was like, I wish you didn't live. And I was like, wow, hmm, what is this high school? Grow the fuck up. And there, it's always grown ass men, always. Ew. Like, yeah, it was bad. Ew. And then there was another guy recently on TikTok who I actually made a TikTok about who was like, too bad you survived. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my god what a dumbass what a mouth breathe, breathing you know but they all are but bitch. like and and i i want to point that experience back to what you're saying in that like anyone who ever says anything of that's so like anyone who says something Heinous. of that caliber of ridiculous to someone it it is a reflection of who how they feel about themselves it has nothing to do with you hello mirror always exactly and it's just again and i think we're seeing a lot of this on a larger scale with discourse within our country pol politically speaking and otherwise though like the people who are just like trying to exist and live their lives and be left alone are always yeah. going to be the ones that people who feel left out of the cool kids club somehow who used to be the cool yeah. kids i mean that's really what it is right it's like the cool kid oh, yeah I who's no longer that. the I cool kid that. and watching the other new cool kids come in are like wait i'm gonna do something to be cool again and then <laughs> they go beat up the new cool kid and everyone's like wait a minute you bitch like that's not what we meant 
Yeah, that's not what we do. It's just yeah. it's a it's it's a whole high school coming of age film. Yeah, let's not let high school be the way the world is run because well, that's really when we've lost it. It's hard to do that when most of the people in charge have peaked in high school. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> that's true. And yeah. um, as Tracy Mattel, um, skinny legend, drag queen, has said, um, "Yeah, we're gay. We don't give a shit about your kids." Yeah. I, yeah, I saw one that was like, I don't even think about children. You're like, I don't have them. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want them. I want nothing to do with them. They're loud. They're dirty. They're yeah. annoying and expensive. And none of those things I want yeah. in my life. And I just don't understand how me reading Romeo and Juliet isn't grooming or Beauty and the Beast or whatever. But if there's anything gay, it's fucking grooming. So anyway, I just want people to well because it has nothing because it has live. never had anything to do with grooming or children it has always had something to do with queerness it doesn't like no one yes. no one minded when robin williams dressed up as mrs doubtfire nobody minded that that was a hoot and a holler and a big hit yeah but then the, if he were if he happened to be a gay man look out because here come the pitchforks it is always about being on the queer spectrum it is, it is about straightness and whiteness and not yeah. being on the like that's that's what it is it has any little baby example that you can give other than that yeah i can point directly back to straightness yep and guess what ain't nobody got time for that ain't nobody got time for that and so i guess in conclusion we've talked about a lot of a in lot of celebrity and bad we also talked about We've also talked about really great people and we've also talked about how it doesn't matter who you are. You need to be nice to others. Just be kind. Yeah, and this episode was wild, man. Yeah. We were like, we're all over the place today. Crumpet tea with jam, jam and bread. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Um, so yeah, whenever this comes out, it'll, it will be timely. We know that because yeah, shit's crazy. Yeah. So put the money on the table. You're so rich. Uh, pay me.